everyone, and welcome to Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games you can take with you. I'm your host, Chase Kenneke. Today's show is on the Analog Pocket and, you know, some yeah. random Game Boy games. And my guest today is Johnny Ambazich. Hi, Johnny. Hey, Chase. We did it. We, we bought, did it. <laughs> we bought uh, these $220 I... Game Boys. <laughs> 200 at the time. It's uh, true. true. Yeah, I feel like we're maybe like two people in all of St. Louis County that got one of these. That's a you know um, you might you know, be right. For, yeah, like <laughs> uh, I, I feel kind of bad when I talk to other people and they talk about how badly they wanted one, and I'd be like, "Well, I got one in the first pre-order batch." See, I don't feel and bad I, about that. Uh, I feel I mean, bad that I, I mean, not really. I feel I, bad I, that I got one and I've played it for like maybe an hour total with everything. really yeah and oh, it's not man. that it's bad and we're gonna we're gonna talk about this thing uh in mm-hmm. great detail here um but yeah i just haven't i don't know if it's a case of playing other games or mm-hmm. you know things aren't working perfectly right now with all the ways that i want to to play things i mean it's it's a me problem for sure it's not an analog problem um and we'll get into it anyway yeah uh, for me, it's been the thing that I have played the most since that's, I received That's it. good. You, I mean, you should. <laughs> it costs a it costs a pretty penny, so I'm glad you're getting getting use out of it. And and I will be playing mine a lot, and I think it's going to be great for uh, for gamers on the go here, as it's as it's a, a fantastic way to play your your old Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, and potentially more games uh as as we go on so it's going to be a great addition to my handheld video game console lineup anyway let's let's talk more about what this is for people who are unfamiliar with what an analog pocket is the analog pocket is an fpga that is a field programmable gate array which of yep. course we all know what that means yeah um i i have no idea i i, I hear fpga Can- and, and people go like oh that's the thing you want so that's, I can, that's what I know. I, I know what it is. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Mr. Technical. So what makes FPBJ, FPGA You don't even chips, know what the acronym is. <laughs> what makes those types of chips so cool is they are emulating the hardware itself. So when you stick your Game Boy cart into the analog pocket, as far as that cartridge is concerned, you are playing on a Game Boy, on a Game Gear, etc., and so that's why people who uh, are way into emulation love things like the Mister because you're getting as near perfect emulation as you can get without playing on the actual hardware itself. And that's and, and that's doing what? That's just reducing lag, making yeah. sure the sound sounds it's, like it would. Exactly. Okay. It's as close to the original experience as you can get because uh, you know with emulation sometimes things get lost sometimes things don't uh load properly uh as we've seen very recently with uh ocarina time on the switch you know there were things with their emulated version of that game that were kind of busted and uh the fpga chips it's yeah like i said the the games as far as they're concerned are playing on the thing that they originally played on 
So you're saying the Switch needs to have FPGA? It does, yeah. Okay, the Switch Pro will have a dedicated there you go. separate yes. FPGA chip <laughs> inside of it. I'm sure I'm sure Nintendo would uh, would love yeah. <laughs> to make it easier for you to so, emulate and pirate their games. Yeah, so you have different cores, right, which are your systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen on the analog uh, subreddit like people saying, like, hey, someone can build a SNES core for this thing. And you could put your Super Nintendo games on there. Yeah, I mean, they, you know what? <laughs> Again, we're going to get into more of the things. I'm, I'm holding this, I'm holding my analog pocket up to the screen, which is unhelpful for you on this audio-only podcast. But uh, this thing does have four face buttons. Yep. And I don't know if you know anything about Game Boys, Johnny, but uh, the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance only had A and B face buttons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like analog thought hey uh maybe people will play things that aren't game boy game boy color and game boy advance games on this thing as well yeah and two shoulder buttons (laughs) and also yeah i mean that's a gba had those so i sure it's anyway let's get back to what we're doing so it's uh it's an fpga which we all now know what that means uh based handheld system it's designed by seattle hardware manufacturer analog Analog, uh, you might know them. They they are known for making high-end video game consoles that are compatible with real retro software. They've yeah. worked on consoles for the Genesis. I believe that is their Mega SG. Uh-huh. Uh, they have an NES, the Analog NT, and a Super NES, which is the Analog Super NT. Um, and then, but, but this pocket here, this is their first foray into handheld gaming. I guess technically... The Mega SG runs Game Gear games with an adapter uh, from sure. stuff that I've read. So technically, it's not the first time they've done handheld games. But this is like the real, is, the real shit. Yeah, and also, this is, like this is a handheld system. This is something yeah. that you are actually taking with you. It has yeah. the general dimensions of a Game Boy. Um, and, mm-hmm. and you pick it up and you're like, oh, this is just like a super nice Game Boy. Yeah. And that's, this is, that's yeah. pretty true. <laughs> this is their love letter to classic handheld gaming definitely and i think it really shows so the pocket released on december 13th 2021 uh for for so you said we we got ours for 200 right but now yeah. they've raised the price to 220 yes okay. due to uh like the cost like inflation costs you know and, yeah yeah, yeah mm-hmm. sure uh you know supply chain uh graphics card the stuff that's affecting everything else. joe biden you know mm-hmm. yeah, all that <laughs> Uh, this this uh, podcast is going to age like fine wine. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, it is currently now $220 if you want one of these things. But also, if you want one of these things, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> um, see you next year. <laughs> because you're probably out of luck until 2023. Uh, the initial stock sold through. Johnny, we, we got ours through uh, basically a, a sneaker app style uh, <laughs> pre-order oh period. That was... Uh, one of the most harrowing experiences of my life. Everything is doing this these days, it mm-hmm. seems. Uh, from you know, from Steam Decks. I, I guess Steam Decks. You could. They, they're guaranteeing that they'll get them to you as long as you yeah. order them. But but uh, maybe it, not so soon. Right. It's not a. It's it's not a question of quantity. It's a question of speed. Yeah. Uh, whereas the question with analog was speed and quantity. <laughs> um, yeah. And as far as I know, they are still taking orders. They are. Uh, they, they for the start, 2023 batch. Yes, they, they started taking orders again after this initial pre-order batch uh, came out. And and those, yes, like a Steam Deck, they're, they're taking as many orders as they can handle. Um, 
which seems to be all of them so far. But know that if you do attempt to get one of these, uh, you're going to be waiting a while, um, which is which is our experience because we also mm-hmm. had to wait a very long time and through delays. How many delays uh, last year? Three, four, something like that. It's just, oof, man. I mean, it got to the point where we were wondering if it was ever going to come out and we'd just get our money back. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, analog- the most, the, the the most thing- paranoid part of my brain thought sure, that anyway. Sure, sure. Uh, I, I think it makes it makes me feel a little better, bit better having Analog, the, the name on yeah. that, because we've, we've seen they've shipped consoles before, uh, certainly in low quantities, certainly very expensive, but uh, they, they have done it. They, they know how to make stuff. So I, I, I guess I wasn't in any doubt that this thing was going to come out. It was just more of when the hell am I going to get this thing? Uh, yeah. But the good news, we got ours on you know, around December 13th. They, they didn't all come out on the same day. I think you got yours uh, a couple days earlier than me, uh, which is great because I was just about to leave uh, out of town. And I was like, I want the, the thing. <laughs> and yeah. it didn't come. And I had to come back, uh, like do a half vacation, come back to get my analog pocket and then go back on vacation. Really good stuff. Uh, <laughs> anyway... Uh, currently, the Pocket, like we said, is capable of playing Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance cartridges. Your old cartridges, the, the ones you have, your 1998 copy of Pokemon Red, you pop it in there, it works just great. It'll probably say, uh, you want to play a new game? Because your battery died. But yeah, uh, <laughs> it'll it'll play them. It'll play them. Uh, you can also buy a separate adapter right now that will allow you to play Game Gear games, which I have and I have not taken out of the box. Yeah. Me neither. I, I purchased. I, I've never owned a Game Gear, so neither did I. I. I uh, I've purchased some Game Gear games uh, specifically for this, and just haven't tried them out yet. Uh, I'll I'll get to it. But again, I, I like I said, I've played this thing for like a, a couple of hours, maybe. I think the one hour is maybe a, a too too low of an estimate. But uh, I've played this thing for a couple hours, and game gear was not high on my list of things i wanted yeah. to test out. yeah exactly i haven't even bought any game gear games yet yeah um but uh, i do have that adapter and, and the link cable and the link cable yes uh we'll, we'll get more to the link cable here in a bit uh there will be further adapters for the neo geo pocket color the atari links and the turbo graphics 16 analog says those are going to come out sometime in 2022 uh we haven't seen but they're they're on the site. They say to be announced or to be determined on on when you can pre-order these things or or regular order them, and uh, we just haven't seen them yet. But that's that's cool. I didn't own any of those systems either, yeah, so uh, neither so did the, I. The idea of having a way to play those systems without having to go and buy a bunch of retro hardware is is pretty uh, pretty cool. All right, Johnny, let's talk about what you get when you buy an analog pocket. Analog okay. Pocket has a rechargeable lithium-ion battery. Analog says it can last for 6 to 10 hours of play. Um, it's got a micro SD card slot on here that you can use to uh, to have the firmware on. Um, maybe maybe some other stuff in the future. Uh, Possibly, or right now. Or right now. There are, there are some things that we'll talk about when it comes to the software that's on this thing as well. Um, it's got a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, so it's automatically better than an iPhone. Stuck on that, Apple. I mean, these, these people know what the people want. That's great. Um, it's got a USB-C port, so also suck on mm-hmm. that, Apple. We got that, too. Um, the, that's kind of curious. In the box, it comes with a USB-C to USB-C cable. 
mm-hmm. which I guess is good if you are an Apple user, like like I am. I make fun of Apple, but I, I own uh, a number of their products. So uh, that's nice, because I can just charge the thing from my laptop. Uh, but if you yeah. have... It seems like a USB-C to USB-A might have been uh, a little bit more compatible for, for most people's uh, uses. I don't know. Like, most smartphones these days come with a USB-C brick. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of most newer Windows machines come with USB-C. Like, I think it's it's permeated enough that maybe some people will be mildly inconvenienced. But, um, yeah, it's it's still... A little. I still get weirded out sometimes when I open something up and it's just USB-C on both right. ends. Yeah, it feels a little... It just feels a little limited, even though mm-hmm. there are ways of, of working around it, whether through adapters um, on on your... something you plug into a USB-A, or, uh, you know, like you said, you, you probably have a phone brick that, that has something like that, or if you don't, they're really easy to get and yeah. pretty cheap. You, you don't have to worry too much. Uh, Analog also has a different solution for you if you want to uh, buy an even fancier charger that does a lot of other new stuff that we'll talk about as well. Um, and then it has that Game Boy Link cable port that you mentioned. That's a that is a straight up old school. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's the GBA one. GBA yeah. Link cable is a little yeah. different than the the Game Boy Link. Cable, Do you think but... Nintendo just had like a warehouse full of that <laughs> specific component that Maybe. Analog was like, hey? Can we get, can we cop those off you? Could be, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, like this this thing, you can literally plug a Game Boy Link cable into your your analog pocket, and then plug it into a Game Boy Game Boy Color Game Boy Advance system, and you you can be playing somebody on original hardware with your analog pocket through through that Link cable. You can and that's trade your pretty, Pokemon. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. It, it feels like analog was was really looking for compatibility when it came mm-hmm. to when it came to making this thing like there's the the only thing that i know of that it it truly does not work with is the uh the game boy advance e-reader and that's because the the configuration of how that system works is that it needed to go in that that um i think it's the link cable link yeah, yeah it is it is the link cable link because it has to have a pass through because it's got another one on the outside of it too but um that thing needs to plug into the the link cable port and just the way that the analog is is configured and set up those ports aren't near each other uh, yeah. that port is not near the the cartridge slot so you wouldn't be able to do that as uh as an e-reader owner johnny i'm gonna yeah. say that's no big loss. <laughs> it's oh, it's okay. fine. It's fine. We should we should forget about the e. I mean, we Wait. shouldn't forget about the e reader. We I think uh, we did a we did a deep dive on we our did. other podcast, the Casual yeah. Hour, and I showed you all the cool things you could do with an e reader, uh, and all the frustrating things that uh, happen when you try to have one of those things. So again, no big loss. We should not spend a lot of time on it. But if you are somebody who's like, oh, I want to make sure it's compatible with everything. Uh, the it's, e-reader is one thing yeah, that sorry. I know that it cannot work with. Uh, but basically, any other hardware stuff you got, uh, I mean, I, it's not going to work with your with your like bolt-on uh, magnifying yeah, glass, yeah, glass with light. Uh, if you did, you did, you have a warm light. I I did have a warm light. Um, I always wanted. I saw this in in gaming magazines at the time. It was a it was a shark light 
and it just looked like it had like the game shark symbol like that was like a molded piece of plastic on the the head light mm-hmm. so they were like the shark's mouth would open and the lamp would come out of oh, that shit. and that looked cool as shit uh but you know i never had one of those i did have a I warm had, light that i, I hated did. yeah uh, and, sucked. and i had uh like a, a thing that would again i'm miming this to the screen which is very unhelpful to anybody but johnny um but i had a thing that like molded on that you'd like snap onto the back of, mm-hmm. of the original game boy and yeah. it had a big magnifying glass that had lights oh, on yeah. either side. Uh, and I, that was, I inherited one of those from my cousin. It was pretty cool. Uh, I, <laughs> I didn't have the, uh, like the, the famous ad at the time that had like the, the big expanded thing. Like it, With speakers it on the side of it. It ha- had speakers. Yeah. It turned your D-pad into a, into a control stick, which was god-awful. Uh, it it just added so much heft to the console and I mean it's oh, it, it it's, it's supposed to be something you can easily take with you oh yeah and uh-huh. <laughs> you're looking like like let's add another five pounds of plastic to this thing. yeah let's that, let's make, make sure it, this kid has back problems later add, on in life that'll add to the portability of it for sure uh, let let's get back to the analog pocket here uh, let's talk about the probably the biggest thing well absolutely the biggest thing you see on the analog and the first thing you'll definitely see is this fucking screen. It's this gorgeous. 3.5 inch LCD screen. Uh, it has a resolution of 1600 by 1440, which is stupid. That's just which is absolutely stupid. the The original Game Boy, um, this is ten times. Yep. I believe ten times exactly. It is what the which is why Game it Boy scales is. so perfectly. A- so aspect ratio perfect. Uh, but this thing is sharp sharp as fuck it's got uh it's got like a gorilla glass thing over the top of it right now so it's got a a slight bevel on the on the Which screen part but i think i kind of like i i, I don't mind it it does feel a little bit like you have a screen protector on it mm-hmm. but um, they also sell a screen protector yeah so you, you can, can have you can, another layer of glass yeah <laughs> you can protect your screen while you're protecting your screen um that's <laughs> like exhibit would be so proud um it's it is a sharp-ass screen. It looks mm-hmm. so good. And if you're playing this, uh, if you're trying playing original Game Boy games on this or running Game Boy Color games in Game Boy mode, uh, you get a, a number of display modes that the screen can also output. One is the DMG, the original Game Boy, that pea green color. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to play, if you want to play the games they were meant to be played, um, then then you can go and use that display mode. You can also use a Game Boy Pocket display mode, which looks like what a Game Boy Pocket would do. A Game Boy Light, which... Which is, I thought was really cool. It's, it's very cool. Yeah. I was just in Japan, so... Yeah, it's in Japan. Yeah. I might, I'm might. i sure I'm not the only person in St. Louis who has one, but uh, I'm an idiot who needs to I would to like things. to own one, even <laughs> though I have no reason to. Yeah. It's just, it's just neat. I just it's, think it's neat. It, it is neat. It's really cool. Um, I, I love my Game Boy Light. It's it is just one of the coolest things. I've got a, a gold one, and uh, when you when you turn it on, it's it's got a kind of sea foam aqua backlit screen to it, and uh, I mean it it doesn't make your games look any better, <laughs> but you can at least play them in the dark without yep. need to, needing a warm light. It's uh, it's yeah. Pretty I've been playing in the Game Boy Light mode a little bit on some of my really? games. Really? Yes. Yeah. Ah, that's fascinating. Uh, it also I mean, has. Oh, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. You know, I was. Mean, I was going to say. I also. I mainly stick with what you were probably about to mention. 
Well, we got two more, actually. One okay. of them, uh, I don't know what Analog calls it, but I'm basically calling it the Virtual Boy skin. It's Neon Matrix, I think is what yeah, they call it. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, it, it's it's red and black, and it, it will fry your eyes just like uh-huh. the Virtual Boy will. Uh, so if you want the authentic experience of murdering yourself, uh, you can use that. <laughs> I, I saw someone online saying... Does anyone else find themselves playing in Neon Matrix most of the time? And I'm like, no. Christ. What's <laughs> wrong with you? Who would do such a thing? Satan himself wouldn't even play in that mode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's cool to have. Like, this thing is not natively playing uh, Virtual Boy games. I don't I don't even know if that's a possibility for something like this. Um, I, I have no idea. I, I've heard nothing about Virtual Boy emulation yeah. in my time. So I'm guessing it's maybe not possible. But, you know, if you play... Super Mario Brothers or Super Mario Land Three Wario Land, but it's in the the Matrix mode. Uh, then who knows? Maybe maybe that feels like playing the Wario Land game that's on that's yeah. on Virtual Boy. <laughs> uh, but what most people seem to be sticking with, I certainly am sticking with it, is the analog custom mode. Yeah, which uh, basically is just like the Game Boy Pocket mode, uh, where it's monochrome. It's you know it's it's getting those making those pixels black and white but it is so crisp and so yeah, clean it is it's you know it's not the it's not the most authentic way to play your old games but it is it's uh, probably the best way i think it's the best way it just looks gorgeous especially on that 1600 by 1440 mm-hmm. resolution screen it's, Play, I, it's I played most of super mario land in that mode it's a good game. and it just it looks great um, other other features on here. Um, I it's got it's got a speaker. Obviously, it sounds pretty good. I don't know specifics on the speaker. We mentioned the four face buttons, a D pad. It's got well, it start stereo and, speakers. Stereo speakers. Okay, mm-hmm. that's good. Um, it's got start and select uh, buttons. It's also got a home analog button uh, on the front of it as well. Um, I I think we I think we did did it. Oh, you, you mentioned the shoulder buttons as well. The shoulder buttons are placed on uh, so. Imagine this thing, since again, you can't see it, as uh, like a thinner original Game Boy. Yeah. And, or, uh, an, like, not as deep. It even Z- has the Z-axis. lines on the back. Yeah, it does. Like, listen. That's, that's good yeah. lines. That's, that's quality. Lines right there. Um, so it's got the cartridge slot on the top, top loading cartridge slot, like, a, like an original Game Boy would. And then it's got, uh, the, the shoulder buttons that go on either side of that cartridge slot. So they, they, you know, uh, they're not, I'm not going to say they're the most comfortable, but they, they work relatively well and they, you know, they don't stick out of the system. They, they're not, when you look at this thing, it looks fucking clean and, uh, and yeah, it's a very nicely designed piece of hardware. It really is. Uh, I would say maybe the only problem from a design perspective is that on the left side of the left side mm. of the system, Mm-hmm. You've got up and down for brightness, or not, uh, well, it's up and down for volume, but you can also change a button to, change a configuration to be up and down for brightness. Um, and that is right next to the power button, and both of these buttons are the same ovally shape. Yeah, the the volume, you know, has the plus minus and a line yeah. etched in it, but mm-hmm. you can't... It's. Yeah, really it's, it's thin enough that you don't. Well? Yeah, you don't feel them on your finger all that well. Yeah, um, the analog. So the the power one is a green color. So if you're in the daylight, you could see 
that that's a different different color but if you're if you're playing at night uh it's it's pretty easy to accidentally put the system in sleep mode or accidentally turn yeah. off the system entirely when all you meant to do was was turn down the volume a bit uh but that's you know a pretty small issue and for for the other stuff that you're getting on this thing i think uh i think it's fine yeah um let's talk software this thing yeah. comes with a couple of things preloaded onto it one of those things is nano loop which i believe is a separate company a separate product that analog has partnered with mm-hmm. uh, nano loop is a music making tool so if you are out there looking to uh do your midis or your dj sets with your game boys uh this is a this is a thing that might uh might help you uh johnny i this might come as a surprise to you i'm not a musician hey neither am i so uh that the thing doesn't really help me uh but i'm glad it's there for the people who who like that stuff yeah i i sent information about this to our good friend patrick because i thought he might like to experiment with something like that um yeah and not something i will be utilizing on yeah. my pocket but hey it's there for people who who want to use it and uh i i from what i hear nano loop is a is a good option for for making game Boy music uh and then it also comes with gb studio which is a homebrew game tool uh which is also initially it was like i'm not going to use that that's not something i need i'm, I'm not here to make mm-hmm. games i'm here to play games um but it does have some current features uh, that allow us to bend the rules a little bit, let's mm-hmm. say. Um, yeah. You can you can use it for some current emulation to emulate games directly off an analog uh, system by uh, changing some file types and, yeah, and having it, some slightly patched games. Yes. You yeah, basically, there's... you make them dot .pocket files. Yeah. It's not as easy as just going in and changing the .gbc to a dot .pocket, but... Um, there is some work involved on your part, but also there's someone just released a tool that will scan any folders you might have hmm. uh, full of ROMs and find the ones that have patches available to them, patch them, and save them in a new folder for you. Well, there you go. That's, um, that's not bad. So, yeah. again, you're on the whims of whoever's doing the work to, to make this, and it also feels like a, a slightly weird venture because, as with most analog machines... These things get fully jailbroken eventually, and once that happens, Analog is is actually one of the companies that is super cool with people breaking yeah. their stuff, and and also sometimes will let's not say help, but um, will you know maybe leave breadcrumbs to allow people to to do this mm-hmm. easier. Uh, we haven't gotten that yet with the pocket. Uh, I think Johnny and I are speculating that there's some some other stuff that Analog is bringing out that they don't want to have this thing fully jailbroken quite yet yeah uh, before before the some first of other plans first big firmware update i think uh which is supposed to come out soonish sometime yeah sometime this year uh, um but hopefully sooner rather than later yeah so well it feels like hey i'm 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 glad personally i'm glad somebody's doing this work but it's also not something i feel the need to take advantage of because i'm fine to wait uh, mm-hmm. to, to fully jailbreak this thing. And also... I have, just I have to, plenty of games. I have plenty I of do. actual hardware, actual cartridges that I can plug into this thing and play. And that is that is part of the appeal, is that you can play your old stuff. This is not... Uh, you know, we've, we've also bought some other emulator devices. Mm-hmm. The Retroid Pocket 2 comes to mind. Um, and, you know, flash carts and things like that. And those are fine. 
but like one of the reasons you buy an analog pocket is because this thing can actually play your old hardware mm-hmm. uh, i can load in uh, my my copy of pokemon red for whatever reason still works it's it has to be on its last legs and, so does my copy of blue <laughs> and uh, yellow but you plug those things in and it still says hey 151 you've played this for so many hours or whatever and I'm like all right great that's that's the experience I want more than loading up a ROM that says, you want to start a new game? Because you've never saved a thing on this. Um, or downloading somebody else's save, because that's just cheating. Um, so there is something about having the original cartridges that you can plug yeah. in here, and, and that's really cool. So I don't mind a, a jailbreak. I'm, I'm looking forward to a jailbreak when I'm able to just play everything really easily. But for now, this is this is perfectly i'm perfectly happy with what i've got perfectly cromulent exactly exactly uh let's talk about another piece of hardware an optional piece of hardware that you can purchase with your analog pocket and that is the dock yeah which is an extra hundred dollars johnny i believe you also purchased a dock i yes i did yeah cool um this thing also charges the charges the system um it works johnny you got one of the nintendo switches yeah uh, yeah, it, I do. It basically just turns your analog pocket into a into a switch. Yeah, uh, it does. Or <laughs> like a Super Game Boy. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's that's probably a more apt description. Um, but yeah, this thing is uh, this thing's pretty cool. So the dock itself is a hundred bucks. It's uh, it gives you 1080p output, uh, HDMI output. Yep. So you can put it on a TV. You can put it to a laptop. Um, I've I've used it uh, so. Bobby and I did a quick look of the analog pocket for the casual hour. You can look that up at YouTube um, and just search for casual hour or analog pocket and you'll probably find it. Um, so I just hooked the, the pocket up to the dock, connected the dock to my, to my MacBook Pro, opened OBS and, and had that. Well, so I actually had, hmm, I, I had to use a, a Genki Shadowcast. We don't need to get into all this stuff, yeah. but like I was able to connect the dock to my to mm-hmm. my uh, computer and then capture directly uh, directly onto my computer. So that was pretty cool. Uh, but you can also connect it to a TV and and play those those chunky pixel games directly on your television, mm-hmm. which uh, is equal parts frighteningly terrible and holy shit cool. <laughs> I was I was playing Super Mario Land with a Switch Pro controller on my television that's you know you live in the dream yeah uh yes let's let's talk about controllers this thing the dock has bluetooth and 2.4 g support for wireless controllers uh like you said it works great with the switch pro controller uh, i also have an 8-bit doe uh controller that i haven't really tested it with because i tested the uh the switch pro controller and it worked great and i was like okay well this is the one i'll use yeah <laughs> um but it but it does apparently work with with a number of different controllers and uh, again analog seems to be uh big into compatibility so if you have one i would imagine it probably works and if it doesn't work there are a ton of other options for you to go out and try uh this thing also has two usb ports in the back that uh that will work with your wireless or wired controllers as well um, it's also how you update the firmware it is how you update the firmware. Or in my case, struggle to update the firmware <laughs> until it finally decides to work. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what's up with some of that stuff. I don't know if there are like small defects between analog pockets or it was, 
it was the strangest thing. I finally, I, I kept alternating between two flash drives. And for some reason, when I reformatted one to FAT32, which I had tried it with a FAT32 format yeah. before, it finally just worked. It was the weirdest thing. But there was like a good 45 minutes to an hour there where I was like really struggling with this thing uh, until it finally, finally, I was on the, the subreddit and someone was like, hey, try it, these steps in this order. I was like, okay, fine. Because hmm. I, I was getting to talk to analog support because sure. I thought maybe I got a defective dock. Um, but I finally was able to get it updated and it works fine now. Whereas mine just... I, I I ran the update. It worked fine immediately, and and kept working fine. So it's it is kind of a, a crapshoot, I guess, on some of that stuff. But um, it seems like eventually uh, it it all works. Maybe with a little coaxing, but it'll get yeah. there. Um, let's see. Let's talk about the future of the analog pocket. We we did mention that there might be a firmware update coming relatively soon, and that's what analog is saying as well. Uh, because in 2022, their biggest uh, their their big new features are going to roll out at some point, uh, and probably the biggest one is the analog OS, which mm-hmm. is a, a cool thing they're touting that brings a lot of additional functionality to the pocket, including uh, this thing called the library, which stores data on your games and i guess also other people's games i'm not 100 percent sold i'm uh, not sold but um it's uh I, i'm not 100 percent clear on um, what on, exactly its yeah. capabilities will be like the idea here is that you're you're able to load in all of your data to the library when you when you plug in your games you can start to see things like what what version number your your cartridge is um and and you're not really dumping ROMs, but you're just dumping the data, mm-hmm. uh, dumping the tags or whatever meta, you know, stuff that I'm not 100. <laughs> your your 151 yes. save. Yes, in uh, blue. we'll get to we'll get to save states here in a second. Yeah, uh, but yes, yeah, so it it stores that data so you can kind of go see. Hey, this is your version of Pokemon came out in nineteen early nineteen ninety nine or whatever, and this is the version number. This is the serial shit or whatever. Uh, that's kind of cool. You can also load up, um, load up cover art for all your games. So you can go and, and grab the the box the, the the box shots of all these games and, and load them up there. So you can have a, a pretty looking library. Now again, the analog is thinking that you are trading out carts when you're yep. when you're using the analog OS. So even though you you know maneuver over to the thing that says Mega Man V. Um, you still need to then get your, out your Mega Man V cartridge and, and put it in in the cartridge slot for yes. it to, to work. I say Mega Man V, not Mega Man Five, because the the Game Boy uses the Game Boy versions use Roman numerals, and it's a completely different game than actual Mega Man Five. Um, that's you know what? There's a very Understood. there's a very old episode of of Gamers on the Go that I used to absolutely not listen to uh, all about Mega Man V. Uh, Mega Man V is cool as shit, though. <laughs> People should go play that game. Don't don't listen to me talk about it. Just go play, play it. it. It's pretty cool. Um, and and also it'll have playlist features. So uh, I, I read playlist features as kind of more like a folder system. Mm-hmm. Like if like I can tell the the analog library, hey, just put. Or it's not so much a smart playlist like a like on iTunes or something, but uh, I can I can put all the Mario games under one playlist. 
So I could put Game Boy Mario games, Game Boy Color Mario games, and Game Boy Advance Mario games all in one thing and just say, hey, these are all the Mario games. And and then it kind of categorizes them for me like that. And uh, and that's a cool way to look at look at your files as well before you before you load in your, your ROM or load in your cartridges. Um, I have to imagine though, if, if you if this thing gets fully jailbroken, uh, you're really just gonna be able to pull the actual games off yeah. the off the library like they're all stored in an sd card on the system mm-hmm. you just run to your Mega Man v and you play Mega Man v and it starts at Mega Man v um that's that's the hope and that would be really cool i'm sure we'll get there. and i don't know why i don't know why you make this library if you don't if you don't also end up yeah. allowing for that uh they know the what they're doing they, they do know what they're doing again there's four there's four face buttons on this thing <laughs> how could they not how could they not know what they're doing um, and then, as you mentioned, Johnny, there are save and load states. Um, save, saving and loading from the cartridge and to the cartridge, which I yeah. think is, is really cool. So eventually, uh, I'm going to be able to grab that Pokemon Red 151. I've got the guy in Celadon saying, hey, you completed the Pokedex. That's great. I'm the guy from Game Freak. Uh, you don't get a diploma or anything. That didn't come until Pokemon Yellow. But... Uh, you did the thing. Congratulations! And uh, like, I'm going to be able to take that save and put it on a computer or something and have it preserved forever. And and even maybe then switch out the battery on my Pokemon Red cartridge, and then put that save back on the Pokemon Red cartridge. Uh, that would be that'd be pretty cool. It'd be pretty cool to have that functionality. And uh, it's going to be a possibility with the pocket, and also, you know, to do the same. I could grab a, a save file off the internet from somebody else, and then put it directly onto a cartridge, and then play there from their progress, and, and that'd be neat. Um, and then this, the library, or the the analog OS will also have statistics, the optional statistics. You you can turn them off, but statistics that can track your playtime, including what you play on what day and how long you played it. And I think that's kind of cool. Um, it'll it'll pull up a menu like, look at here are the days that you played your analog pocket. What'd you play on this random Friday? Well, you played Mega Man V. I don't know why I keep talking about Mega Man V. I, yeah. It could literally be any other game. Uh, <laughs> you played Mole Mania uh, today, and you played it for twenty minutes, and then you realize you didn't want to play Mole Mania anymore. Like, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's neat. Uh, I've I've enjoyed those kinds of things a lot with uh with these other systems mm-hmm. uh seeing seeing the kind of playstation uh, what did i get what's it called like playstation wrapped or something like that where like here's what you're mm-hmm. here's, here's what, what you played the most of yeah it's like oh guess what you played a lot of destiny because you're a fool <laughs> congratulations yeah I, yeah what was my second highest played game some gun destiny one game <laughs> no 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 not destiny <laughs> one uh, probably total total time maybe, but uh, from what I played this last year, it was a lot of Destiny two, and then a lot of uh, some imported Gundam games. Because that's me. I don't know if you know me, but I'm I am that I am a hundred percent that bitch, uh, as they say. Hmm. Um, and then Microsoft and, and Nintendo do do similar things as well, and I find that really cool. I find the statistics stuff really interesting, just as kind of a like a semi data nerd 
Uh, yeah. That is that is neat to go like, oh, the, look, another 200 yeah. hours of, the, of Destiny. Well done, me. <laughs> the Do you feel good about yourself now award? Right. Yeah, there you go. go. There you go. I, part, part of it is like, oh, it's a badge of honor. Look at how many hours I put into this. And then the also, other part look is, at how many hours I put oh, into God, this. Oh, God, look at how many hours. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I need to work out more or do anything else <laughs> to be good. Um, Which Johnny. Yeah. Before we get into our, our other half of this podcast and talk about some some original Game Boy games here, I just kind of want to ask you, like, what, what have been your other initial thoughts on the Analog Pocket? What have you been playing on it? How's um, your experience been? The game I've been playing the most has definitely been Pokemon Leaf Green. Mm. I put about 40 hours into it. Um, but I kind of went a little nuts and bought a lot of old games that I either never played mm-hmm. or I remember from childhood. Um, so, you know, I bought a copy of Super Mario Land. I bought DK94. Um, and I like this, this is one of my favorite pieces of tech that I've ever owned. Um, it's, it's really great to have something that you've been looking forward to for so long, f- like fully deliver. And it's not even as fleshed out as it's going to be uh in the coming months so i am extremely happy with my purchase and i've been evangelizing it to anyone that'll listen that has an affinity for old handheld games uh, and also is patient enough to wait to own Mm -hmm. one for themselves (laughs) exactly uh but yeah no regrets um like i said it's other than some stuff on my pc this has been the thing that i've been playing the most of um and uh yeah i'm just i'm looking forward to reconnecting with more old games that i remember from childhood and games that i've never played before like advanced wars i've been playing advanced wars which i never played uh, because i never owned a gba back in the day um so yeah for me it's been a wholly positive experience other than the minor frustration with the dock whenever i first got it sure uh, you know, I, I think I would feel similarly, even though I've played very little of this thing. But in comparison, uh, I I love this thing. It's when when this first showed up, uh, our co-host Bobby was like, "This is the most chase ass thing I've ever seen." Mm-hmm. And like you're absolutely right. As a as a guy who runs a handheld video game podcast, a thing like an analog pocket is a dream come true for me. That that like I've. That Retroid Pocket 2 is fine. Uh, good. It's it's good. It's a good yeah, thing. It's, it's cool, great. But I but, don't use it for Game Boy stuff. <laughs> right. There is something there is something about the analog pocket, the the feel of it, the the build quality, the uh, the screen for sure. Like it, the the way it kind of just works uh, in a lot of easier ways than than kind of messing around with ROMs on the on the Retroid Pocket 2. It just feels really good to play. Um, I I've been playing I'm playing a lot of these Game Boy games we're about to talk about. Um, I, I also popped in Super Mario Land and was playing that for a bit, and that works great. And um, I've actually been using so I've been cheating a little bit in that I've been using um, a flash cart. Yeah, um, same. Me too. I've been using a, an EverDrive X EverDrive GBA X5, um, which you know it's it's nice to just put a bunch of game boy advance games on that mm-hmm. thing and play it um and i don't want to spend too much time on this because it's it, it is an edge case of using flash cards it's not what analog intends 
Um, so it's it's not a big deal that some of this stuff doesn't quite work. But you've got um, like when my my problem with the EverDrive GBA X5 is that it plays even though it plays Game Boy and Game Boy Color games, it plays them through the the Game Boy Advance. Like it emulates those games on this Game Boy Advance cartridge. So what it's doing is it's playing those games like they were Game Boy Advance games, which when the analog pocket sees it, it sees it sees these games as Game Boy Advance, which yeah. means it plays them in the Game Boy Advance ratio, aspect ratio, which means it has a bunch of black bars on the top and bottom and on the left and right. Yeah, not and great. Even, <laughs> and even though the analog pocket has ways of changing the, the screen, stretching the screen size, because it thinks it's a Game Boy Advance, it already has what it considers the maximum up, which mm-hmm. means it's not going to play them natively the way you want so it looks like you're playing like a windowed version of these games and you're you're only getting like three quarters of the of the amazing screen uh for the analog pocket so it's it's not perfect and and there are workarounds i mean you could buy uh you could buy a a, the game boy color version of the of the everdrive the everdrive gbx7 or whatever um but it also seems like some of those flashcards are uh you know some of them work some of them don't yeah. even even when they work on original game boy hardware sometimes they don't work on the pocket um it, it's kind it's, of crapshoot it, it does seem kind of like a crapshoot and at this point it might just be easier to wait for a jailbreak or mm-hmm. to do the the weird gb studio uh workarounds for some of those games and, yeah and that's not even every game and the gb studio i think it has a 60 game limit i, I believe that's correct and and that thing is meant for homebrew games it's meant yeah. for you to play other which cool little creations yeah. uh I, there have been some on itch mm-hmm. um, that I have loaded on there. I haven't haven't tested them out yet, uh, but you can you can find new Game Boy games. Absolutely, uh, people that you people can are still people load are still on still this making thing. Those. And and that's really cool. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff that's out there. Uh, so yeah, I uh, I'm still having a great time. Uh, I did load up a a uh, ROM hack of Pokemon Radical Red, which is uh, which radical. is radical which is radical uh it's it's harder it's got a lot of different pokemon in it uh it's a it's a very cool thing and because it's a gba rom hack uh it works flawlessly on on the the uh the analog pocket with the with the game boy advance flash card that i've got um so that that stuff's been really cool i'm looking forward to playing a bunch of other stuff i, I know i have a wish list of a bunch of things that i'd like to play golden sun is near the top of that list it's been a very long time since i played golden sun and Golden Sun's one of those games that it's hard to look at sometimes because it's it is so detailed that it ended up being kind of muddy yep. on on the original Game Boy Advance. Yeah, I I played a good deal of it uh, when I first got a modded GBA. Sure, and it's like okay, I can see how this would be really impressive at the time. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, it's kind it looks kind of muddy now, and but... I would say it, it even looks it it looked okay on um i i don't have a, a game boy player for the for the um for the gamecube that's one of the few one of the few handheld devices i, I do not own but uh i've got a retron 5 that i pretty much hate and try not to use at all so i never tried golden sun on there um but i, I did buy golden sun for, on the wii u virtual console 
when it was available there. Mm. For whatever reason, it was not on the 3DS Virtual Console. That's real uh, weird. But it did show up on on the uh, on the with the Wii U one. So I did play a little bit there. That was kind of cool to see. Okay, gold, I've got Golden Sun on the television. That's that's pretty neat, and and you know it still looks muddy, but it looks a little less muddy when you have so much green real estate there. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm eager to try that one through the dock on a television, or even just on on the the analog pocket itself with its big, super crisp and crystal clear screen. Um, I bet it I bet it looks a little bit better there, and that yeah. is just that is an all timer for me in terms of RPG mechanics and story stuff. And I, I love that game so much. I I just want something to do it justice, and this thing might be the thing to do it. Anyway, Johnny, you want to talk about yeah. some original Game Boy games? Because we oh we figured. I mean, how much time? How much time have we gone so far? Let, let me look here at my thing. We've gone. We've gone about an hour. A mm-hmm. uh, little little less than an hour. And I that was kind of my thought. Is like, hey, an hour's not enough time. <laughs> like we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Santa Ola Pocket and then have have nothing to show for it. Uh, let's let's also talk about some other games. So let's probably end up talking too long about these these other games. Uh, we we played some Game Boy sports titles, some, some original did. Game Boy sports titles. Uh, some of these are launch games for the U.S. Some of these are launch games for Japan, um, but one of at least one of them is not a launch game, or at least wasn't a launch game. It's tough. It, the dates for some of these things are are really difficult to track down, especially dates for North American releases because. Yeah. They, they kind of didn't care as much they just, as Japan. They got it, and like, okay, it's for sale. Right. Like, Japan, yeah. Japan, you can kind of look up, like, to the minute when Super Mario Brothers came out. But if you want to know when Super Mario Brothers came out in the U.S., uh, you'll get, like, a bunch of different dates. <laughs> like, it could have come out here. It kind of came out here. We got a shipment, and, and somebody got their their copy here. Here's a photo of me. It's, it's dated, so you know exactly when it is, but... Uh, it's really hard to pin down the exact stuff on that. Anyway, we've got three games that we're going to talk about here. Let's first start uh, with probably the worst one, and that is baseball. Oh my goodness, Johnny! I love baseball. The I, sport. Yeah. The sport. I, yeah. I hate this game, but it it's was America's pastime. <laughs> it was one of the first games I got with my Game Boy. I my I got my first Game Boy at a pawn shop. Um, it was it was not the original DMG gray one i got a play it loud black game boy uh, oh man with the red type on it yeah it's uh i i thought it was it was rad as hell i i had a my my dog was a black lab so i was like i want the game boy that looks like my dog yeah that makes sense (laughs) Um, which you know actually hang hang on going going back to the animal pocket i would think maybe my one regret and it's not even a full regret Uh, this this thing comes in black or white uh, mm-hmm. I got a white one because I think white consoles are awesome. Uh, I've got uh, all, all all the consoles I have an option with. I try to get white because I just like the I like that clean look. Uh, my car is white. You know, I like I like clean white looking stuff. Uh, you got a black one. I did. And uh, I I think the black might just look better. I think it looks better with the the screen I with think stuff off. With the if the bezels on the white one were black, I yeah. think I would like it a lot more. Yeah, maybe. Like again, I I have I I don't know, man. That thing still looks pretty sharp. It looks really sharp. It looks it looks clean, but uh, there, there's something about like if I was playing this at night in bed or something, I mm. think uh, I think it'd be easier to like let everything fall away 
except yeah. for the screen if this thing was black and not I white can, where it's yeah. still reflecting a little bit of light on me um, totally so i mean get get either one you can but uh i i think if i could do it all over again I, i'd probably switch it out for a black version anyway so back to <clears throat> my original black uh game boy i i i believe i got two games one of them uh and maybe this is maybe this is going to sound familiar to you johnny uh mega man v <laughs> uh yeah. that was that oh, was hey. one of my first games and then the other game I believe I got was baseball. Actually, you know what? Tetris might have been in there too. I think I had those three. Tetris was um, one of mine. But I again, I got this at a pawn shop, so it's it didn't it, it wasn't the original pack in version. I mean, it might have been the original pack in version of Tetris, but it's not like I was getting a, a brand new in box Game Boy that had Tetris in it. Um, I didn't even know until until a couple days ago that the original Game Boy had earbuds that came with it. Like what? if you if you bought a boxed Game Boy, an original box Game Boy, it came with uh, a red and blue earbud to tell you which which headphone was which. Uh, which well, that's cool. God damn it! Now I now I kind of need to go. I kind of need to track a pair of those down. I kind of do. I'm sure I'm sure they're the tiniest, shittiest <laughs> earbuds uh, yeah. ever. But uh, I'm a guy who who kind of feels the need to have one of those. Uh, anyway, so one of the games I got was baseball. So I played a lot of baseball. And Did I you guess, like it at the time? Or was it like, this is one of two things I have for this system. Yeah. So it, I think I'm going to put some time into I it. I think it was more that, um, I, you know, I had baseball and I played a little bit of that. I had Tetris and I, I don't think my brain when I got Tetris knew what Tetris was exactly. Like I got, I mm-hmm. eventually got it, but I don't think I was having a lot of fun with it. I came to Tetris a little bit later in life. Where yeah, I played really a lot of Tetris. Um, and I think it was really Mega Man that got me, even though I'm not a big Mega Man fan in general, uh, because that was just the coolest looking one. It had the best music. Uh, mm-hmm. It was so action-y. Uh, it, was, it was closer to Mario in that, like, this is a thing that jumps and runs and yeah. scrolls. Like, that's... That's game. That's gaming to me. What are these other things? These aren't. These aren't games. That's a, these are different things. Um, so I probably ended up playing a lot more Mega Man V than I did the other two. But I, I did play a decent amount of baseball. I don't know how I didn't drive myself mad because Jesus Christ, the <laughs> we're gonna get uh, into it. Oof. Let's 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 run through the 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 specs first here. Baseball was a 1989 launch game for the original Game Boy. It's developed by Nintendo R and D One with the help of Intelligent Systems. Um, it's it's not good. No. It's not good, Johnny. I no, love intelligent systems. Uh, Nintendo R and D one has put out a, a ton of really great stuff. Uh, this is not. This, this is ain't not one of good. Them. This is not good. Uh, you know, it, maybe maybe it's not that it's bad. Um, it's just let's say that it's limited. Yeah, it's very limited. Okay, um, that's so that sounds diplomatic. In, in baseball, and again, this is this is um, this is based on the NES version of baseball and and with a lot of with all the games we're going to talk about they had NES versions and these are more or less ports and and in a lot of cases these are actually better games than the NES counterparts uh and we'll we'll get into why on some of these things but baseball has two teams uh it has the Mario led Bears and the Luigi led Eagles you can play as either one one of them's always the home team one of them's always the away team uh, all the character sprites look the same. It's not like you're playing yep. as Mario and you see a little mustache no, on him or anything like that. <laughs> like, if you look at the cartridge itself, Mario's the pitcher and he's throwing and like, okay, yeah. But once you plug that thing in, they're all just the same character sprite. Uh, 
And and the rest of the team is made up of seemingly random English first names. Rick, Paul, Randy, you know, those guys. The regular yeah. crew. Um, it's got two modes. It's got a USA mode and a Japan mode. <clears throat> and these modes don't really change the game all that much. What they really affect is the presentation. Uh, they'll change the order of the ball strike count because in, in Japanese leagues, the, the Nippon Professional Baseball Leagues, uh, they they switch around the the balls and strikes. I think they I think they go strike ball out, uh, whereas we go ball strike out for for our uh, setup that way. And they also change the the measurement used for ball speed. So we we use miles per hour. They use kilometers per kilometers. hour. Uh, and it also has a different music track, which is nice uh, because the music <laughs> is always going on mm-hmm. and it drones on and on and on and on. And baseball is a relatively long game, so you're going to be listening to this music for a long time. <laughs> so it's nice that there's at least a different track, but unfortunately you have to switch to an entirely different mode to hear it. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's it's It was a choice. It's kind of rough. Um, yeah. So once, once in a game, it's all pretty simplified. Uh, when you're batting or you're pitching, you're given a home plate umpire's view. Pitchers can move around on the rubber. And once you throw the ball, you can even keep moving the, the D-pad and give it a little bit of aftertouch to kind of make the ball break uh, because there aren't any specific pitches. You're not you're not throwing fastballs or curveballs. Yeah. You're just throwing a ball and then maybe making it move to the left or right or up and down a little bit. Um, and hitters, they can move in and out uh, or up and down in the batter's box even while the pitch is coming. And you hold the A button to swing and you can even tap the A button a little bit to kind of do like a half swing or even like a, a kind of a bunt. There's no like specific bunt animation, uh, but you can you can get the equivalent of a bunt by just like half tapping, and then the the batter just kind of leaves his bat out there, and uh, and that's the way you kind of bunt in the game. Uh, once the ball is in play, I would say is the real problem of uh-huh. of of the game. Like the the hitter, the pitcher, pitcher batter stuff is fine it's not great but it's fine it, it's functional it's serviceable <clears throat> yeah um it's once the ball gets in play that that things uh things go a little upside down here uh the camera angle changes to a top-down view of the field if you're if you're fielding uh like if you hit it now you're just running and you see the top-down view so you know where the ball's going but if you are in defense you get that same view but now you're controlling the fielders this is this is a little odd. I, I guess it makes sense in the way that it needs to work for the for the game to work itself. Uh, but you move certain players all at once with the D pad, yep. which is which is basically all the outfielders and then whoever's kind of near the ball who could conceivably make a play on the ball. So if it's if if the ball is hit and it's going to the left side of the field, you would be controlling the third baseman, the shortstop, and all three outfielders at the same time. So you'd have them all running left or right. Uh, Which is exactly how it works. Yeah, ter- totally. That's that's 100% how baseball works. I get how, how it's needed to work here on the Game Boy. Um, that it, it actually feels a little bit more like the uh, like like old baseball pin pinball kind of games. Uh, there or or like foosball almost, where it's like okay, just everybody moves together. You know, this isn't real. This isn't the real sport, but it's kind of simulating the sport in a way that is functionable with you know two buttons and a d-pad this this is this is how we can make it work and i get that 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 part's not really the problem uh although 
it does make it a bit of an issue when you're trying to move one player like if if you have a, a ball that's going between your third baseman and your shortstop and you're trying to control the third uh, third base player to move one way to go get the ball your outfielders are also moving that way so if it goes past your third baseman maybe now your outfielders are going the wrong way and it yeah, ends up out of position it yeah. ends up putting you out of position and kind of screwing you uh in a way that uh doesn't feel fun nor fair um so that that's not great um now the game actually does move your players a little bit for you so when you have things like high pop flies you can sometimes catch those things without even touching the d-pad at all like the the pop fly goes up your outfielders start making a play on the ball they'll get under it and they'll catch it uh which is good uh we'll talk more about the camera later but the camera in this game is the worst part of it and (laughs) and it makes uh it makes that really necessary that the ai kind of needs to take over because oftentimes you're not going to see the fucking ball uh, um, mm-hmm. which is which is not great once you do have the ball in your possession though fielded from either an outfielder or an infielder position you can use the d-pad and the a button to throw two specific bases so up to second base right to first base down to home plate that kind of stuff uh when your base runners you can use the d-pad to advance to the next base i don't think there's stealing i i was trying to to kind of find yeah, a way I to steal i that doesn't find a way to do that either nor can you throw pickoff throws uh that part of baseball uh, apparently doesn't matter to uh, the video game baseball. And you can also pause the game to switch your pitchers out. Uh, pitchers do seem to get tired and, and throw slower as the game progresses. You can switch those out um, as as you go. Got to call the bullpen. That's baseball, Johnny. Um, that, that's, that's the functional parts yeah. of baseball. This game's slow as shit. It, uh-huh. it just, it's so slow. The pitching and hitting are fine, but once the ball's in play, just everything... Oh. Man, is, I, is such a crawl. I, I, this is maybe the one of these I've played the least, I think. I, I think that's fair, even though it's the game that probably asks you to play the most mm-hmm. to play a single session. Yeah, of I, at a certain point, it's like, all right, that's that's enough. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've seen enough of this game. I played one full nine-inning game just to say that I did, um, but like, honestly, you'll you'll understand what's happening here within two innings maybe yeah. three if you really want to if you want to see like, that's what a that's about how far I made it. Yeah. yeah it was three four innings so it's like okay this is and this and is in good. our and in our modern times where you have uh, a, a smorgasbord of of video games available to you i would say you probably only need three innings to go like okay that's what that is and i can put mm-hmm. this to the side uh back in the day if this might have been like one of the three games you had maybe you just ended up playing a lot of baseball um, yeah, it didn't make me better. <laughs> it certainly didn't make me better at the game, um, and it didn't help me with my real world baseball skills. Uh, those those didn't transfer over. In fact, I was better at real baseball than I was at Game Boy baseball uh, by a large margin. <laughs> um, yeah, it's throwing the ball to a base just takes an eternity. It's really hard to judge. The game is so slow that it's hard to judge if you can stretch a single into a double because the speed is so off. Yeah. Um, even even when a ball goes all the way, like if you, if you had a line drive and it goes all the way out and hits the fence, in, in real baseball, if you get a ball to the fence, it's almost a guaranteed double. Like the, the way in, in the majors, you're, you're almost assuredly getting at least two bases out of that. In this, 
pretty consistently you're only hitting singles. I a double is extremely rare. A triple is impossible, uh, and, and like there is there is no possible way that you could get an inside the park home run. It just doesn't work yeah. with the with the AI um, in in there. It's it's there aren't errors in this game that I that I was able to to see. I didn't see anybody dropping a ball or making a bad throw to a base. It's it's just very functional baseball uh except that it's so slow that nothing you just can't gauge anything you have no idea if if you're going to be able to throw this guy out if you're wasting a throw which also is taking a long time so if you're throwing to the wrong base sometimes the al will go okay i'll just start taking take another base like, no don't do that <laughs> that's yeah. that's that's what i'm trying not to make happen this is terrible um it just it it's Everything just takes forever, and that one music track, depending on which you're playing uh, USA Motor Japan, mm-hmm. mode, but you have one music track just either way. Droning on and on and it on. It just keeps going. Um, also, we, we kind of mentioned it a little bit, but it doesn't really function like baseball all the time. Uh, the AI will always attempt to get the lead runner out, even when it's not advantageous to do so. So, um, like, if you have men at first and second, and you hit and only one out... You hit the ball to the shortstop, which in normal baseball, okay, you roll the double play, you throw to second, then you throw to first, you get two outs, you're out of the inning. You're done. In this, because the AI is always trying to get the lead runner out, they're going to throw third, try to get that lead runner out. And then once they've got that, they'll try to throw it to second to get that guy out, which is not going to happen. <laughs> like that's yeah. That doesn't happen very often in real baseball because the, the speeds are just off. That's not the way... It would work at all, um, and in this game, it also doesn't work. But it's just the way the AI, AI was programmed, and that's probably more of a of a system limitation than anything. It was like, hey, we can't make this AI that complex because we got to fit it on kilobytes of memory, or even even less. Um, so that's that's not the biggest deal. Uh, something that is a big deal, though, the stadium super cramped, and and like I said, it turns what feels like should be doubles into singles. Um, and also the aftertouch on pitches just leads to some impossible kind of pitches, which actually I think is kind of fun. That's It's not real baseball, but it is kind of fun to throw a ball that, like, ooh, it looks like it was going to curve one way, and then it, like, screwballs the other way. Uh, that's that's kind of fun and silly. Very realistic. But, yeah, it just doesn't feel like baseball. And then we mentioned the camera. It's also really slow to move in that top-down mode, meaning uh, that you oftentimes are not seeing the ball as you're trying to make a play on it. Your, your outfielders are blindly moving uh, on line drives and pop flies. Y- you can let the AI take control, but since the AI is still pretty simple and they just move towards the ball, it works fine on high pop flies where they just go directly under it and then catch it. But on a line drive where they should be, uh, where they should be like cutting down, they should be running backwards to, to get to the ball uh, to like catch the ball at the right spot or, or to go field the ball yeah. at the right spot. Instead, they're running directly at the ball, which means oftentimes it's just going to go right past them. And it's it leads to the AI getting a lot of doubles uh, when that is some bullshit. So it just mm-hmm. feels, it feels real, real bad. Um, it sucks. It just sucks. Uh, it leads to a really unfun experience. This game does have link cable support. You can plug in. Uh, oh, goody. Plug that in and play against <laughs> another human. I would say if you're going to play baseball at all, which I'd suggest you don't, but if you're going to play baseball, I would highly suggest you play play it against another human 
because you then then suffer. at least you're suffering together and the all the all the uh, disadvantages you have as a human player are at least fair because they're also happening to the other human player because the ai just idea. feels like it's kind of cheats uh it, it it's not that it cheats it's just playing the game the way the ai would play a game and that oftentimes just means you are getting completely screwed over. Yeah, getting hosed. Let's stop talking about baseball, Johnny. How's that sound? Thank, thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's talk about tennis next. Uh, tennis, this was also a launch game for mm-hmm. the Game Boy in 1989. Uh, Intelligent Systems worked on the Famicom version of tennis, but I've only seen Nintendo listed as the developer for the Game Boy version. So I don't know if, if Intelligent Systems had anything, had anything to do with this version of the game. Um, it's got, it's got Mario on it. Uh, Mario is the, the line judge. Yeah. Not in the game, but, but no. like he's, he's on the <laughs> box. This was the time where Nintendo was like, oh, Mario's, Mario's popular. Let's put him on the box of everything. Um, these are all Mario games. Okay. Whatever, Nintendo. Yeah. Tennis seems fine. It's yeah. fine. It's a fine game. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, that was my experience with it. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't very good, but... I was like, okay, I can. This is I'm having more fun with this than I did with baseball. Yeah, uh, it's so it's singles only. You're not playing any doubles matches. Uh, matches always take place over three sets. You can't you can't change the number of sets. Um, there are a handful of difficulty options for the AI though, which is kind of nice. Uh, I feel like the AI also kind of learns from you. Like if you're if you're playing the game a lot, like if you're playing up on the net quite a bit Mm -hmm. it will switch to hitting lob shots so that's that's good that it's the the ai is not as stupid as it is in baseball which is which is pretty good um you've got a standard volley shot with the a button and a lob shot with the b button if you've played a game like mario tennis it's like that but like a very stripped down version of that very yeah rudimentary yeah yeah. you're not getting you're not getting your smash shots with your by hitting a and b together um, yeah, it's it's you're, you can't do a drop shot or something like that, but you can. It, it works. It, it, yeah, it, it was, it's, it's very functional tennis. Yeah, uh, and it leads. They needed to, games for this system. They did, and tennis on on the Famicom, on the the original Nintendo, perfectly fine game. People people played it all the time. There was a bit of a problem though on the on the original Nintendo in that the original tennis is single player only. Uh, oh. And Weird. and I I think that was because when you're playing the game, you're only getting you know, you're you're getting behind your character's back. Uh, so your court, the forecourt, is really big, so you can move mm. around it. The back court, because of the perspective, is really small. Uh, so yeah. it's I don't know if it would be an advantage or a disadvantage to be back there. Um, but it makes it if you tried to play that with a second player. I mean, you can't, um, and I think it's because Nintendo, when they when they potentially tried that, went this just doesn't this just doesn't work. Um, you'll yeah, find some some more modern tennis. Fun. Yeah, yeah, like more modern tennis games also do that, but they they do have the ability. I mean, they they'll switch courts often, so you end up getting to the point where okay, you're you're both dealing with the advantage and disadvantage of of being in the forecourt versus the backcourt. Um, but this is a Game Boy, which means it has a link cable, which means you can link up to a second copy of Tennis with a second Game Boy, and it'll feel like you're both in the forecourt because you're playing on your version. 
So this this game does have multiplayer support. You can play tennis, and it plays really well. It plays like tennis. It's just it's just pretty functional. That's that's it. Yeah. Like it leads to timing and angles being really important rather than the the style of shot that you hit. Uh, but it plays at a really good pace. Uh, it feels relatively realistic. I use my same my same tactics that I use in Mario Tennis, which is uh, hit the ball hard. And then once they return it, uh, immediately start running up and just playing the net because I find that most times the AI doesn't know what to do if I'm playing the net. Um, sometimes they'll use that lob shot, and and sometimes that's that's cool. It's nice to to get outwitted by the by the computer a little mm-hmm. bit, but most of the times you can just kind of like play the net, just cheese it, play play the angles, get some really sharp angles that they just can't keep up with. Um, and that feels that feels good. Feels good to, to be good at uh, tennis because that is a game that I certainly cannot play in real life. I don't know how the fuck people are able to return. Oh, dude, uh, a tennis it's, shot. It's tough. It's I, I played a little bit in high school, and it's it's yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a I have a, an ex girlfriend who who was big into tennis, and I watched her. Play I also have an ex girlfriend who was big into tennis. And I'm like, like, I don't know how you do this. She's like, Oh yeah, let, let's try. I can kind of teach you. And it's like, ah, okay. And we'd, we'd go out there, and it's like, I don't, I don't even know how to hit it back. I could hit it back. I could not hit it back to get onto a court at all. Like, it, it would fly. Like, I'm playing baseball over here. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to launch this thing as a home run. Like, that's not what you do in tennis. You need to put spin on it. You need to, like, mm-hmm. get some top spin so it actually runs down and and ends up hitting the hitting the ground in the in the court and like i don't know what the fuck we're talking about like this <laughs> it's also the reason i'm it's also probably the reason i'm not that very good at golf um which hey fun hey. transition let's talk about golf the third Ooh. the third game boy game we're going to talk about man you mean trying to read a topography map <laughs> and okay johnny i mm, i don't want to give this away here i think golf is the best game of these three Okay, but I think I, I can. I, I imagine the least you, accessible. I imagine you probably like tennis the best of these three. Am I right? If you had to just pick once, one, yeah. Once I took a little bit of time to understand what all the symbols and things meant sure. on golf, I was like, okay, I I have a firmer grasp of what's going on here, but I'm no better at this game. Than, <laughs> Yes, uh, I would say uh, we're, we're going to get into it, but golf, I think, is a game that is uh, that has a lot of obscurity to it. Uh, it's it's pretty opaque in a lot of its mechanics, and I think uh-huh. once you know those mechanics, it's it's okay, uh, and probably even gets to the point that it's really good. But it's something that definitely takes practice, and you mm-hmm. are not going to be good at uh, so once you start. I was playing this, and I was so tempted. To go online and be like, okay, how the fuck do I play this game? <laughs> and then I was like, no, wait, I'm going to treat this how I would if I was a kid sure. in the 80s or 90s. I got to figure this out on my own. Just keep There's... bashing your head against it. Yeah. And eventually I kind of got it. It didn't make, like I said, I was just God awful. Uh, I mean, here, it, here's but... the difference though. Like, you're right. Like, as a kid, we'd probably just keep playing the game until we kind of intuit what's going on here the problem with uh, a lot of these old games that you're just buying a cartridge for or any emulation where you're just loading up a, an old thing with uh, an old game and, and playing it from scratch 
those old games came with manuals. They did. And you'd read those manuals, and they would tell you a lot of really interesting information. Hey, this is what this means. They and would yeah. give you tutorials on what things meant, how to play the game, that sometimes the game itself would not have. Um, if if you go to our gaming on any given day, you'll see somebody go, Hey guys, did you know that you when you die in Super Mario Brothers, you can hold start and A... And and it'll it'll continue back at the world you you d- died at. Like you don't have to restart the full game over again. Like yeah, it was in the manual. <laughs> Read the goddamn manual. But you're not reading the manual because you're a dumb punk kid who yeah, is just, just emulating emulating a version, or you found an NES copy of it and just popped it in. So yeah, of course it's a it's a new thing to you because you've never seen what a manual is. And I have a feeling I don't have the manual for golf. Uh, for Game Boy Golf. But if I had the manual, I bet it would probably explain what all of those symbols meant uh, on on the topography stuff that you're talking about. But it would probably also give you a decent idea at some of the more obscure things that, that really you do need to intuit. Like, how, like, what's the maximum distance my driver can go? What's the maximum distance my 9-iron could go? Uh, so then I can start to, to have a better idea of, okay, how much power should I be putting into these shots to have a yeah. better idea of where they're actually going to land. Because the way the game is played right now, you pick your driver, you hit it as far as you can because you're off the tee, and that's probably what you want to do. Uh, and then your next shot is basically blind. I, yeah. I, I have no idea how many <laughs> yards I want to go uh, and how many yards this club is supposed to be able to go. And it's all just guessing. But uh, eventually, you're going to get to a point where you have... You just are able to intuit that. You're able to go, okay, I've got a 7-iron. I know it, it goes about this far. I want to put maybe 75% power on it to get it where I really want it to be, and then you'll get there. Um, so I bet if this was the only game I played for a week, I would probably get really good at, at Game Boy Golf. Yeah. Uh, again, the problem is there's a lot of, there's a lot of games out there. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do that to myself. There's really a lot don't. of really good golf games out there yeah. that just give you that information without you having to learn it uh, and, and just can tell you, hey, your driver hits it 220 yards. So, you know, you don't don't hit it that hard because you're, <laughs> the, the green is only 190 yards away. Um, that, that, <laughs> stuff, that stuff is very helpful. Yeah. Uh, and Game Boy Golf doesn't have that. Uh, let, let's get back here. Uh, Game Boy Golf wasn't quite a launch game. It released in early 1990, uh, but it does fitly neat, neat fitly. <laughs> Jesus Fit Christ. neatly? Yes, fits neatly into these other Game Boy sports titles, so we're included. Anyway, golf, like baseball, developed by Intelligent Systems, and also, like baseball, a little bare bones. Uh, golf includes t- two full courses, so it has 36 holes, it also has two-player compatibilities when used with a link cable. Again, Nintendo was really into the link cable at this point, uh, which, you know, that's that's classic Nintendo. We have new hardware out. It has some new functionality. Let's show you games that take advantage of that functionality. That has always been Nintendo's way, finding finding ways to show off their hardware with software. Yep. Um, you, you play as Mario. You choose, and he and he looks the most like Mario of any of these games for sure. I mean, it's got Mario on the cover, and yeah. uh, it basically looks Mario like Mario as you're as you're playing the game. You choose your club for each shot with the D-pad. You can also tap the B button to get a full view of the hole, uh, and then you can tap tap it again to just see the green. 
and like you mentioned it kind of gives that topography map that has a bunch of arrow designs that indicates how the green slopes and and yes you know, more means it's going to more of those arrows means it's going to slope more versus less meaning it'll go less uh you can adjust the angle of your shot and then you can start your swing it's got a very standard i guess at that point it probably wasn't standard but it feels standard now that it's yeah it's just the way that golf clubs work yeah that games. that so. tap tap to start tap to hit power tapped again to hit accuracy um and and then there's also some wind that adds a little extra challenge um and and it sounds fine and it is fine like it's it's a fine game uh but it's just those lack of indicators that i think uh especially the lack of indicators on how far your shot's going to go that's that's the real problem when when you choose a club you just don't know how strong that club is which means you're you're just guessing at the power of each shot um and over time yeah i mean you do you do start to dial it in i played i played a full 18 and it was awful and then i started a <laughs> i started a, a next course and i didn't play a full course but i did play i don't know six nine holes something like that and i was getting way better because i i was like i know this course uh i know I remember how far my driver took this the last time, so now I can kind of gauge a little better. Okay, I can get over this water hazard. Uh, I I need to shoot this one a little less on the power, uh, so I don't end up in the bunker. And you do get a you get to a point where you know what you're doing. And if I was a, a Japanese salary man or a, or an American salary <laughs> man, and I was taking the the train uh, or the bus to work every day, and I had uh, my Game Boy in 1999, and I didn't feel like a, a dumb kid. Uh, I felt like a man who was playing a man's toy. Uh, then, yeah, I, I could see playing this every day, starting to get, yeah, have an idea of what's going on. It's it's a little executive toy, and and that makes perfect sense. And honestly, that's where the Game Boy kind of came from. It yes, it's called a Game Boy, but Nintendo was really marketing this to everyone. I, yeah, and and especially in America, they with putting Tetris on this thing instead of Super Mario Land, it, it really was marketed towards uh, adults as well as children. That hey, this is this is a thing that you can take with you and you can play on your brakes. You can you can play it on a on a train or a bus. You can you it's it is a functional thing that you can you can have a good time with. And uh, that that's kind of built out of what the uh, the Game and Watch series was, the the Game Boy's predecessor. Which is, hey, this is just a, a small little LCD. Take it with you. Yeah, yeah, it's just a tiny little game, and it's got a it's got a clock in it. So you know that's that's your real functionality that you that you need. Uh, like, oh yes, it's a clock. That's that's what a, exactly. that's what an adult yeah. needs is is to know the time. Uh, but it also has like a fun little game that you'll eventually get better at as you play, and uh, and that's what that's what golf is to me. Like you you eventually get good at, it and you're just playing it a lot, and you you start to have a decent little time with it and uh you know it it takes practice uh, so it's not it's not the most pick up and play game uh, again if you're going to play a golf game on a game boy or a game boy color i'd say pick up mario golf for i would yeah for the game I, boy color i have not played that game and i would also say play mario golf it's oh, mario golf is so good and it it's it's really cool how Camelot, the the developers of both Mario Golf and Mario Tennis, were able to kind of take the the Game Boy Tennis and Game Boy Golf and bring a lot of that same style, like pixel mm-hmm. pixel style. Characters look pretty similar, um, mechanics are relatively similar, but they just feel so much smoother and better and faster 
on on those systems. Now those are those are Game Boy Color games, so they have color. They they have a little bit of extra power in there, but they just they're they're dealing with the same exact uh, control scheme, and they've just found better ways to to emulate the sports of tennis and golf, uh, and also turn them into RPGs. And they feel really good when you play them. So I would play those over over these games, but there is something still kind of fun yeah. about about going back and playing these original Game Boy Sports titles. Johnny, I think Chase. I think that's it. We we've talked about the analog pocket. We've yeah. talked about these Game Boy Sports titles. We've had a good time. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to doing more of these in the the near and far future. Uh, because again, we have these analog pockets. The world is our oyster. We I know we can play so wait. many things. Uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to sometime this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna make I'm gonna make it a gamers on the go promise. I will do a gamers on the go episode about a Game Gear game this this year, sometime this year. Something I haven't done before because again, I have I haven't owned a Game Gear, but now I own basically. A game gear with this analog pocket and the, yeah. and the game gear adapter. I'm going to uh, I'm going to try that out. Take and, full advantage. Uh, we'll we'll yeah. see what it is. I don't know. Like I love Doctor Botnik's Mean Bean Machine. Actually, I have played that game, but it was the the virtual console version on the 3DS for the Game Gear version, which is fine. You, you should actually just play that game on a Genesis. But uh, yeah. it is Doctor Botnik's Mean Bean Machine, which means it's fucking good, and also it's Poyo Pop. Those <laughs> those are just. Those are just true things. But I have a handful of those games. I think I've got a, a, a Mickey game, Castle of Illusion, Forest of Illusion, something like that. Yeah, um, that one's on a lot of lists. I hear, I hear those, those are games are pretty good. I remember playing a Genesis or a Super Nintendo Mickey game that was pretty good. Um, I, I ended up getting a decent amount of Sonic games. Sonic Triple Trouble, Sonic uh, Drift 1 and 2, maybe, the racing games. I got a couple ones. Um, I did not get Tales Adventure because Tales Adventure is fucking expensive. I, it's holy shit, that game is so expensive. Uh, so maybe I'll try to find a way to emulate that one if we're going to play it. But um, that might be something fun. Maybe maybe I can coax you to come back uh, on that show with me. I know that we've talked in the past about doing uh, doing Minish Cap, playing Minish Cap. Yep. I think we both started Minish Cap and we went, uh, maybe, maybe we'll do something else. Uh, and not that Minish Cap is that bad. Uh, we just didn't end up playing the, playing it. Yeah, so. the, the mood didn't strike. Yeah, so maybe now with these pockets and, and that game looking as good as it possibly can be, maybe we'll revisit that sometime. Uh, no promises on that, but uh, I am promising a Game Gear episode of some sort. We'll, we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll just do that solo if I need to. But um, one other thing I want to do sometime this year. Uh, so I've got a YouTube channel at Chasey K Plays. Right now, Johnny and I are actually going through a Nuzlocke run of Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. If you don't know what a Nuzlocke yep. run is, it's basically like a challenge mode of Pokemon. Pokemon games are, are generally pretty easy. This is a way to make them uh, a little bit more difficult, a little bit more tense. And, uh, and so far, we've been having a really fun time playing that, even though I don't think either of us are the biggest fans of these, uh, these Gen 4 remakes. Um, but... Yes, <laughs> having that having that extra challenge to it, that extra it's, bit of yeah, it's been way more fun doing that with you than it has actually playing that game myself. Yeah, uh, agreed. Uh, so so that's something that we're currently going through on my YouTube channel. Um, I don't remember how many badges we have. Uh, it's like three, four, something like that. We're, something like that. We're like nearing the halfway point of the game. 
one thing that I want to do, I don't know if I'm going to record these. I, I think I'd like to record them for the channel. Maybe it's something I would do on my own. Um, I would really like to play. Uh, I own a copy of Pokemon Green for the Game Boy, which is uh, a version that came out in Japan. In Japan, it was Pokemon Red and Green. And then when they brought them over to America, it was Red and Blue. And then they changed some things, some sprites, and uh, fixed a couple glitches and, and some other things like that. And then they brought it back over to Japan as Pokemon Blue, which was kind of like a USA-style third version for Japan. And then they brought out Yellow to everywhere, and Yellow changed some further stuff. But we never got some of the stuff that was in those Japanese-only versions of Pokemon. Um, there are a lot of different sprites that uh, that look awesome and yeah. terrible. <laughs> like Charizard looks like a weird duck. Uh, okay. Mew looks like an even weirder duck. Uh, there's just a there's a lot of really funky looking sprites that they cleaned up for the USA versions that I would like to see. Um, also, I think that would be another kind of interesting challenge in that that game is all in Japanese because it's a Japan-only game. Uh, so I'd kind of like to see how far my Pokemon knowledge goes in that do I even need English? You don't to need no translation. Exactly, exactly. So how how far can I get not knowing what Flamethrower is? Like, I have to I have to hope that I get an attack and and try it out and was that the attack i thought it was fuck <laughs> shit no it's not um i really just screwed myself i i gave away ember and i took tail whip instead yeah uh, and now oh, I, i've just been using leer this whole time right fuck. now i don't have an attacking move oh fuck i'm so i'm so screwed um but i think that would add to a fun challenge i don't think i'm gonna nuzlocke that but i i think uh i think it would be kind of fun to to play that in a different style of way uh, and also just something I haven't really seen before, so there might be some extra discovery in there. Uh, I think I'd like to record those and put those up. Uh, I don't think I want to do back-to-back -back Pokemon things on my YouTube channel, so maybe I'll play something else in between. But I think that's something else I'm going to also put up as a, not necessarily a promise for 2022, but it's something I would like to do in 2022 would be to start a Pokemon, a Japanese Pokemon Green uh, run and uh, and see how that goes. There is some people have uh done like a fan translation of pokemon green mm -hmm. so it still has all the the fun fucked up sprites but at least it's in english and i kind of want to play that too but i think if i'm going to record something i want to i want to do that extra challenge of playing in japanese anyway i think that's it uh we mentioned mentioned the youtube channel uh also we mentioned it a little bit during the episode but johnny and i have another podcast we do with our good friend bobby pease and that is called the casual hour casual hour is a podcast uh, a weekly podcast that we do on wednesday nights at 10 30 p.m central on twitch.tv slash the casual hour if you want to watch the three of us talk about general video games video game news uh we'll do deep dives you know generally once a month where one person goes in and talks deeply about a subject and kind of teaches the other two about something. Um, I mentioned I did one on the uh, Nintendo e-reader, and uh, and that was kind of fun to, to tell these guys all about this weird piece of hardware. Um, we also do previews for the games that are coming out in the, in the next month. We're, I believe, our next episode, which 
is probably out by the time that I get around to editing and, and posting this. Uh, will be a February preview for yeah. games in February of 2022. And uh, that's when the actual good games start coming out, it seems, because January was a little dry. Um, and uh, what else? We, uh, we stream games on the yep. casual hour every Monday and Friday, also at 10.30 p.m., all, uh, central also on twitch.tv slash the casual hour on mondays bobby and i are usually playing some kind of strategy style game we call it casual mondays and right now we're we're actually playing through a co-op uh, run of portal 2 which has been kind of cool and then on fridays uh i think it's more often that you and bobby play something on fridays and that's yeah. kind of more general stuff you've been yep you've played some satisfactory Mon- yeah you monster played hunter satisfactory you've yeah. been playing some monster Hunter rise recently um sometimes we also just use that day as hey some new games come out on fridays and sometimes we yep. play them recently we played some pokemon legends arceus uh, because that game just came out and uh, we took a look at that uh together as a team sometimes i show up on those but it's always fun to have chat in there for for that stuff and and to interact with those people there um at gotg podcast is the twitter account if you want to tell me something that you've been playing on your analog pocket is there is there a game that you'd like to cover or you'd like us to cover um for for gamers on the go something i should look into you know speaking of the golf stuff i just learned recently that intelligent systems or not intelligence camelot camelot software planning made a second mario golf game for the game boy color it's just not called mario golf uh, I forgot actually what it's called, but I did. I did download. There's a fan translated version, awesome. and it's it's basically just Mario Golf, but they stripped out the Mario characters. Um, so I'm very excited to play that sometime too. That that sounds like a like a blast. Johnny, how about you? How yeah. could how could the internet find and and uh, interact with you? Uh, I'm at Jamazich on Twitter. Um, that's probably the social media site I'm the most active on. Sure. Um, also on Instagram at Jamazich. Uh, but outside of the casual hour, there's not a whole lot of stuff that I do like that. I don't have a YouTube channel or anything like that. So maybe uh, but you can find me on the casual hour at least once or twice a week. Sounds good. And uh, as for me, I'm at Chase underscore Kenneke. That's K-O-E-N-E-K-E on Twitter. If you want to get directly at me, um, I, I don't tweet a ton. But when I do, it's probably about video games or baseball yeah not not game boy baseball but baseball baseball it's yeah video uh, games liverpool football club yeah it's, there you go yeah that's yeah. those are my two passions <laughs> uh anyway johnny i want to thank you again for for coming on the show and talking about the analog pocket with me and talking about these game boy sports titles as well looking forward yeah, to Chase. having you back for for some other episodes really soon and thank you all for listening this is uh this was fun I'm, I'm glad we got to do this and i'm glad you all were a part of it as well tune in next time i don't know when next time will be uh, but tune in next time for the, uh, the next episode of Gamers on the Go and uh, look forward to seeing you then.